Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sorry, Liam. Someday you'll have children who don't understand what it's like to raise an heir. I mean, seeing Vagar yep. fly around fighting Arax was like, oh my god. Welcome to the big stream. I am Liam McEwen, returning after a brief case of the Mondays. With me, we have Stephen Douglas, and we are here to discuss the final episode of House of the Dragon. We have been with you since episode one, mostly Stephen, but I was also there for a lot of it. <laughs> and it's been a journey. It's been a ride. Uh, last night's finale seems to have been met with generally positive reception. Unfortunately, there is going to be quite a waiting period before we can podcast with you again about House of the Dragon as general expectations seem to be that season two will not come for another two years, which is very unfortunate given the dramatic cliffhanger that the season ended on. The finale was a conclusion of many storylines, but also the beginning of really what the show is about, the meat of the show, the war of succession, the battle over the Iron Throne, it promises quite the exciting future, and we will look at that later. But for now, uh, Stephen, how are we feeling 12 hours after the premiere of the final episode? I think uh, we are feeling quite optimistic about the future of the show. Uh, the last few episodes have been uh, very strong to uh, borderline really good. I mean, I don't know what the difference between uh, very strong and very good is, but it's right in there. Um, and the finale really got the war going, or at least set the final, uh, set the final pieces in motion for the war to kick off. Uh, Rhaenyra found out about her father. She and Damon had the uh, had their their little disagreement about how it would be handled, but now war has come back to Westeros, and I'm I'm ready to see it. I am ready too because this was what was promised we went into this for those of us who didn't read the book we went into the show knowing that there would be some sort of you know war some sort of civil war over the succession uh the seeds were planted very early and obviously as far as you know who the two sides were going to be uh the following nine episodes or eight episodes were really about fleshing out uh the specific personalities of who lies on each side and then the finale is kind of where everything came together. I thought they took an interesting tact in the last two episodes and that episode nine was everything that happened in King's Landing minus the most important player of them all in Rhaenyra, who is at Dragonstone. And then episode 10 kicks off immediately with the news that Viserys is dead. And of course, for some reason, the show could not let us go away without one more terrible, awful birthing scene. 
I really <laughs> hope that that will uh, fade away in season two because it kind of felt like after like the third one, we got the point here. And then they gave it an extra fun twist for the final episode in that it was effectively a miscarriage. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> don't... <laughs> Don't don't think I can't say I love it. You know, I think they're they they, they kind of did that. But maybe there's some metaphor to it about the importance of birth and, you know, royalty and stuff like that. I don't care to dig into it too much, but they did do that. Uh, Rhaenyra, man, I got to say Emma Darcy's performance in this episode was outstanding. I think it might have been the acting performance of the show from the beginning where she deals with her grief and goes through the labor through the end when she has to deal with a much different sort of grief and gave everybody the final look that we will have at uh, House of the Dragon for quite some time as she stared into the camera full of the fire and rage that comes to define the Targaryen line. It was a pretty, I wouldn't say it was a shocking end of the episode, but they executed it well, I thought. I thought that they pretty obviously set it up so that one of her sons was going to die on their diplomatic missions, and you had a pretty good guess that it was going to be the one who couldn't fight. I did not expect him to die the way that he did, I'll say that much, and I certainly didn't expect it to be a borderline accident. No, our RIP Prince Plot Device, uh, <laughs> he will be missed. You know, he's he doesn't want to be involved, but then he gets involved, and he should have just flown home, uh, but he couldn't help himself, and he went and attacked the dragon. That I they did not they did not do a good job until this episode of uh, really explaining the scale of the dragons, because you see him fly in on the dragon, and you're like, wow, that's a dragon, that's impressive, that thing's huge, you know, and those things are they're like nuclear bombs, and then the other dragon. Uh, Aegon's dragon picks his head up and you're like oh that seems quite a bit bigger and then to see it flying over it yeah I, I just don't think that they've done a good job with the scale of explaining how big because they all look huge when you're when a, a person's talking to them but uh to see Aegon's dragon compared to uh Prince Plot Device's dragon it's just massive but that that was the one that he that he uh took right that was an older dragon so I mean, much older. So, I mean, I believe Vagar is actually the oldest dragon. But okay, so yeah, he Vagar is, he is the biggest dragon possible. Well, he's he looked it. He looked the part. So, good for Vagar. Um, going back to going back to the traumatic birthing scene again. You know, it's, it says a lot about us as a society where we're like, oh God, you know, this little blood and and. Uh, the the baby the baby's dying or whatever happens to him and we're we're very uncomfortable watching that but you know we're happy to watch uh damon slice somebody's head off or watch Kristen cold bludgeon a head into a uh pulp um you know we we've got a long way to go and i mean i uh, good for good for house of the dragon it's it's about the power of the uh of the women in the series uh they're the ones that are just having things go forward they're creating the airs they're the ones in charge so you know uh get used to it i guess i'm sorry liam someday you'll it's have a... children you'll understand what it's like to raise an heir <laughs> yes stephen douglas father to three heirs of the douglas throne definitely gets it no i see what you mean and i do you know it is a good 
way to show how like the women are powerful, but also it does seem, I don't know, there's some intricacies to using birth as the device in which they demonstrate the, sort of the influence that women have because in the minds of all everybody else around them, that's essentially all they're good for. So there is that, but I think you're right. We're probably going to see some more births. Uh, I will I will prepare myself for season two. On the dragon front, mm-hmm. it stunned me to learn quite how many dragons still existed when Damon listed them out like that. Like, you kind of knew. You, you, they skimmed over a lot of it in the middle of the season, but, like, you know, you're like, all right, if he has a dragon, they have a dragon, they have a couple dragons. There are, like, ten dragons we haven't seen yet. But when you rattle them off like that, it was like, damn, there are a lot of dragons. And this isn't that far uh, before, you know, Daenerys is born. And she has the only three dragons left in existence at that point. And so it does inspire at least, uh, well, it inspires optimism that we're going to see some fucking sick dragon fights over the next couple of seasons. I'm not sure how long they're uh, trying to run. I think I saw five seasons was their goal. So it'll be slow played, but it does seem like there are going to be a lot of, you know, vague RV, everybody else fights. And it's going to be awesome because, man, I mean, like you said, the, I think maybe the way I think they did it on purpose that they didn't really compare the scales of the dragons until the very end as a part of like the shock effect, because mm. I mean, seeing Vagar yeah. fly around fighting Arax was like, oh my god. Like, that is a fucking jet plane flying around there. And Arax is like a crop duster. Like, that, it was... And then this Vagar just ending him and Prince Plot device in such a sudden manner was really... It was really cool. I mean, we were on their ass a little bit in the early parts of the season about the lack of dragon action, but they certainly delivered at the end there. And uh, Amon now gets to go home and explain what happened, which is going to be very amusing because, I mean, for all the bloodthirsty fronts that that guy puts on, he isn't, you know, a killer, it doesn't seem like. He was not trying to kill his cousin, and then Vagar just kind of did it. And he was like, there was like a, the five second shot of him on top of the dragon, just like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah, I mean, he definitely wants to uh, torture him and scare him, and he—I'm sure he does want his eye. Um, but he obviously, in that in that moment, grasps the uh, severity of what had just happened because uh, they're waiting for something to start the war. Uh, somebody has somebody has to cross the line on one of the sides, and that's what he did when uh, when his dragon took out his cousin and his dragon. So, I mean, you could, you could see it in, in, uh, in the queen's eyes at the end, you know, you mentioned, yeah, it was great job. She was doing, she did a great job with a lot of, uh, emotions this episode. Um, kind of, I don't know how I feel about you saying she did better than King Viserys who, uh, acted the hell out of the show. Uh, Matt Smith, as Damon also was great, but yeah, back to the, to the dragons, you know, there's a reason that this was the first show that they have, they had like seven or eight spinoffs and prequels and sequels planned. And there's a reason house of the dragon was the first one. It's because people love the dragons and they want to see the dragons. So, 
yeah, they did kind of slow play the dragons. I mean, they slow played everything on this this first season. Um, we had a we had plenty of problems at the beginning when they were doing different casting and time jumps. And you know, it's funny you mentioned how what Aegon is gonna go through when he gets home and has to explain what happened uh to to his mother and the king and the hand. We're gonna have to wait two years for something that for something that's going to happen in the timeline of the show, like five minutes later, as opposed to during throughout the season where we would jump like 10 hours or 10 years and five minutes. So I can't believe they're going to make us wait that long, but I, I mean, I don't like that. They're going to make us wait this long. I totally believe they're going to make us wait this long, you know, and, and it's just as the show got good enough where I was actually starting to like, I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, The first five episodes of the season was kind of i mean it was eating your vegetables it was just kind of getting through it and just like you know when are we getting to the fireworks factory and finally at the very end they got to the fireworks factory and the fireworks factory was goddamn awesome very well put the fireworks factory was sick and i mean it is it is disappointing but overall i mean i can't say i can't really believe i'm saying it but like the finale really changed my entire opinion on the first season. Am I ever going to watch the first season again in its entirety? Probably not. There was a lot of stuff that ended up being useless. There was a couple of just shock value moments that they threw in there. Never forget the crab feeder. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was fine. It was Game of Thrones. It was whatever. But like the last, like you said, the last two, three episodes really like that was the good stuff the momentum was going there were you know action scenes there were tense moments that came to a head in front of our very eyes it was plot devices unfolding and finishing up and it was all that everything that made game of thrones a quality show and what makes for a quality show in general and it just is a shame that it took so long to show up but at least now i understand why they did like if they had this what ha- the events of this if they tried to smush this together and they had the events of this episode happen in like episode five it wouldn't have held the same impact i mean i still don't really care that much that prince plot device died he was only around for like three episodes but <laughs> specifically for rhaenyra and damon and allison fuck sir Kristen cole the drama king of westeros still i was a huge fan of not seeing his face on screen for the entire finale um I somehow hate him more than anybody else. I don't know why. Maybe it's the pretty boy thing. But it, it, it would yeah. It wouldn't have held the same emotional impact. Like it wouldn't it, I I think it was still would have been like cool, but it wouldn't have like grabbed me in the way that it did. So it is unfortunate that we have to wait so long, but it to stick the landing like that with all of the moving pieces still up in the air. Like, I, I can't lie, I was getting kind of irritated in, like, the middle of the episode when I realized that they were setting up all these pieces for, like, a super long-term battle and, like, super, you know, and for future seasons, that was, like, what the middle chunk of it felt like. But by the end, I didn't mind as much because I was so much looking forward to seeing what ended up, what ends up happening. Who do you go see at the end? The, the Was that the a Baratheon that uh, the prince went to see and, the, and Aemon was there? Yeah, I mean that's that's just bad scheduling. Um, I would think that, I mean, how do you not see that giant ass dragon as you're uh, coming in for a landing? I I would have kept circling the runway um, for a little while until uh, Aegon 
cleared out of there. But yeah, I mean, it, you move the pieces and everybody was was very good and tense. And I'm I was I was thinking you mentioned you weren't going to ever watch the first season again, which I, I completely agree with. And that got me thinking about like I'm watching The Watcher right now and I'm like, oh, this is good. But, you know, I'm never going to watch this again. And I think that's the way that a lot of this stuff is now. I, it's very hard to break through with a TV show or movie that you will actually watch multiple times these days because there's so much coming out every week. And, you know, I, it's like that's another thing. Game of Thrones, like the early seasons is something that, you know, I, I've, I've watched multiple times. And I, I wonder if, if that kind of died with Game of Thrones, the, the rewatchable. I mean... <laughs> I just don't know if we're if we're how often we're gonna see a like a full on series that we're gonna have so much enjoyment and so much time that we're gonna watch it again. That's a good point, especially since this is ten hours of content, or mm. probably cumulatively like ten and a half hours of content. That's a lot to work your way through, and there is no show, or well, there are very few shows that are so action-packed slash save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details intriguing slash suspenseful that makes you want to go back and rewatch it it's not like a movie you know you're done in two hours there's just there is so much and you know speaking personally like the for the game of thrones universe they kill everybody off so willy-nilly most of the time they kill everybody off so willy-nilly that you know going back and rewatching can feel like a pointless exercise but on that note i did feel that House of the Dragon didn't do that to the extent that I expected, because we all know and we saw in many moments that they really want to, like, remind viewers that this is a Game of Thrones show. And plenty of people died, but there were, you know, Viserys' death was not unexpected. The only, like, truly unexpected death that mattered was Prince Blotvice at the end. The other unexpected death that, like, shocked us for 30 seconds was the death of Lenor, Rhaenyra's old husband, who is now living his best life as a sailor. <laughs> and they, I, I, I expected more people to be dead by the end of the season after we watched the first episode, is what I'm, what I'm getting at here. Like, in terms of guys or in terms of characters who I thought were dead, Prince Damon was at the very top of that list. He seemed to have all the makings of, especially given they had such a high-profile actor for him, he had all the makings of a guy who everybody would come to like and then end up dead by the season finale, and that drives a lot of, like, other plot around him. Totally not the case. He's just kind of quietly suffering through every day, it seems. He's, he seems very miserable. and But he's going to be a player. Like, he's already, you know, him and Rainier already had a sort of battle of wills over you know, how to conduct this war or whether to conduct it at all. It was, frankly, a little confusing, their whole exchange with about the Song of Ice and Fire and why he almost strangled Rhaenyra. And I was 
I was I was confused by that. But yeah, that that was that was quite a moment. Um, I I feel like we never really saw like I mean we compare him to like Jamie Lannister I think uh, earlier in the season about somebody who they try and redeem immediately and you know it's like oh he's a good guy now and uh damon for like the second half of the season he's been on the queen's side on renair's side and he kind of seemed like you know he had he has left all that behind you know he's just he, he wants war he wants but all that but like to see him uh put his hand around renair's neck was uh kind of shocking and a reminder of you know how how bad this character is how bad this person is and that that was that was a little surprising to me that they that they brought him back i mean i feel like that kind of that that definitely undid all of the uh all the fun you have with him because he's he is the kind of uh man that will uh you know, just kind of choke his uh, wife slash niece, um, just a reminder of uh, who's really in charge here when she's the queen. Uh, that was that was a little nuts. I do think that Damon is the best developed character, mm. and I mean he's aided by the fact that he is, along with Otto, I guess, the only character who was an adult in episode one and stayed alive through episode ten. So there was a lot more to work with there. Obviously, they didn't have to change actors. They just added, you know, some age, some some aging wrinkles and uh, widow's peaks, things of that nature. But they really did a good job. And like you said, that the it, while I was confused by the moment, it was shocking to see him almost strangle Rhaenyra because it reminded you of like the early episodes where there's a dark side to this guy. And it's fun and whimsical when he's killing people that you, you know, don't really like or, you know, don't really care about. But he is a loose cat. And he has a dragon that he sings to, apparently. <laughs> yeah, sings in, I, I assume that's uh, High Valerian or something. It, I'm, always, I'm always fascinated any uh, any show or series that has a made-up language. And then they have to go and make up a song in that language. Uh, that's imagine getting that script and like, oh, here, here's this made up th- song with the made up words that you have to sing to a, to a dragon that's uh, not actually there because dragons don't exist. It's just uh, CGI. So just sing this made up song with made up words to a uh, green screen. I, I would not. I, I'd be very frustrated. It's J.R.R. Tolkien's fault, that bastard. If he didn't do that, if with the Elven language, and nobody would do that anymore. That was the other that mild surprise that didn't explain that wasn't super duper explained was Lord Corliss being like, Yeah, you know, Damon killed my brother and Damon and Rhaenyra killed my son, but we should help them. You know? Well, and it I mean, was he... like it was a Game of Thronesy moment, you know, throw your full weight behind who you think is gonna be the winner, but the uh avenue through which they went down it it was like a very emotional moment between him and his wife and then he was like all right i'm alive let's get this thing kicking with a very significant uh plot reveal as well that was shocking that he controlled all of the driftwood and or not the driftwood um driftmark right no the narrow sea yes he controlled the narrow sea and can now pretty much shut off the shipping lanes for king's landing like it's setting up to be a pretty sweet war if anything yeah, I was. 
talking about this on Twitter last night, like for a show that uh, the opening credits are a map. Basically uh, we spent like 15 minutes looking at a map last night. And this is a universe that we spent a decade in. I really don't understand the layout of the land. Um, like, Oh, well we control the narrow sea. We can just shut off and surround King's landing. It's like, okay you can uh, <laughs> all right so there's just one c this i mean i i'm 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 confused if uh if the game of thrones universe takes place is actually a flat earth like uh like Kyrie would want it to be or if this is i mean is there going to be a sequel to game of thrones where the, somebody sails around the world and they're like holy shit this is the other side of king's landing how do we get here <laughs> Around the World in 80 Days, Game of Thrones edition, I would sign up for that. Maybe that's just what Arya's doing, isn't it? That's, that is actually what she's doing, basically. Maybe Arya discovers there's a flat Earth little spinoff show idea for Game of Thrones. Free idea, HBO. You're welcome. You know, and and, it, and that would be great, you know, if George R. R. Martin had started that actual story like 15, 20 years ago, but he's he still hasn't even finished the thing that... Weiss and Benioff ruined yet. Yeah, I have been able to put that into the back of my mind, actually. I was personally surprised by that because as a book-first guy, I was stewing in my resentment for the first couple episodes about the fact that we have new Game of Thrones stuff without the book. But by the end, they did a good enough job getting me invested that I uh, was able to forget about it until right now. So thank you, <laughs> Steven. I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, that's that 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 was what I think the most impressive thing that they managed to accomplish and I will give them their flowers because I have been really hitting this point like a dead horse for all of the podcasts we've done is that I now care. They have managed to establish an emotional connection with the characters, even though you know that they all end up dead in some terrible way in some catastrophic way that ends up with no dragons left and the world will be in turmoil and it leads right into the war that puts Robert Baratheon on the throne like I do, I, I am invested. I am invested in what happens with Anira, even though I know the end game. I am invested in what happens with Damon. I really want to see what happens to these people, even if I know ultimately what their fate is. And I think that's very hard to accomplish, but they managed to do it with a really strong last three episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's just like life. We all die. We all know that's that's how it ends. So, but But it's still worth living. So I'm beautiful. I'm ready to hate Aegon. Um, Aemon kind of he he has a lot of the Damon stuff going on for him. I I think he has some real potential. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, those two end up in a fight with either hand to hand combat or with their big dragons. Uh, you know, Jace. I'm I'm okay with getting to know him. You know, his brother's gone. Um, he was uh he displayed some intriguing characteristics uh this episode some take you know take control some good ideas seems like he might be a player which is a pleasant surprise because outside of Aegon and Aemond the kids have kind of been I mean we theorized that the plot was going to operate through them but then it kind of didn't for a little bit but now they're like really you know obviously Prince plot device but Jace's seems like he's going to play a big role which again to have him show up in like episode, you know, six or whatever as like a fully fledged person, relatively speaking, and then end up 
you know, having a say at the war table with his mother, the queen, is uh, some impressive accelerated character development. I'm ready for I'm ready for the next season whenever it comes around. And God, 2024. That's that's ridiculous. Succession will be done by then. That was great. Great to get a, te- a succession teaser before the finale, too. Brilliant by them to drop that then. Love that. Yeah, I can't wait. Only a couple more months for that. Yeah, uh, House of the Dragon. I'm I'm ready to see these characters again, and I I still don't know all their names, but I've I've started to uh, I don't I don't know if I really have an emotional connection, but I, I have an interest in seeing what they do. So yeah, they they completely turned the show around uh, once they got to the current timeline once they finish their time jump uh Viserys death you know we didn't get to talk about last week but I mean it dragged on forever but I they actually did a great job with the way that he went out um so you know I mean kudos to them for you know bringing this thing around and turning House of the Dragon into what started as you know it was in an impossible place. It started out a little messy, but you know, they, they landed the plane and I'm, I'm ready to see what they do with the next three or four seasons. I just hope they figure out an actual plan, stick to it and uh, are able to execute. Yeah. I think now that the finale is done, looking back in retrospect at the first season, I'm still not a fan of how they went about it, but I understand why. And I don't have any suggestions as to how I would have changed it. Like they were given a fairly unenviable task of having to basically cram all of this plot that took place over the span of like, you know, 12 years or whatever it was, 15 years in the book into a TV format in a way that people would like, but not in a way that was too quick because they need to save the good stuff for the later seasons. So I think they did as good of a job as they, you know, probably could have. Um, I think that I kind of view this season like I do many, the middle movies of trilogies where like there was a lot that happened, but really the whole purpose is to set up what's going forward. That is the true nature of this season is it's a setup season and it kind of stinks that the first game of thrones content we've had since the catastrophic ending of the first show was essentially you know spent eight of ten hours setting things up with a little bit of action in between to kind of keep us satisfied you know in a perfect universe that wouldn't have happened but given what they had to work with i think they did a good job and like you said i'm actually pretty excited to see how everything unfolds. I think we have some pretty awesome battles in our future, a lot of political power playing. There are a lot of characters who I'm, you know, pretty invested in their fates and kind of how they develop as people. And ultimately that is the goal that any show wants to accomplish with its, or well, any show like this wants to accomplish with its first season is just getting you, you know, attached to these characters. And they did as good of a job as they, you know, probably could have all things considered. Yeah, I mean, is there a better way to do the first half of the season? Probably, but I'm not going to give that away to HBO for free. And besides, why waste your time? If you're going to redo anything, let's get me and George R. R. Martin in a room for a week, and we will figure out how to redo uh, 
the final season of Game of Thrones, which people actually care about. And House of the Dragon can continue to be imperfect, but hopefully good and great going forward. Uh, I think now, you know, it, it's a good time to, to rate the episode and uh, rate the season for this episode. I will, I think we have uh, 13 dragons remaining. So for the season, for this, for the episode, I would give this uh, 11 out of 13 dragons. It's very good. Uh, the season probably they did a lot of work towards the end. Uh, but I would give it about eight and a half out of uh, 13 dragons for the entire season. I'm of a similar mindset. I think I really liked that last episode. The more I sit here, the more I uh, look back on it fondly and dare I say, even want to potentially rewatch it in the near future, see if there's anything I'd miss. Um, out of 13 dragons, I'd give it a 12. I think. You know, they kind of, ninth episode, lobbed the ball up. Tenth episode, knocked it out of the park. They executed all of their plot points really well and left us with a good cliffhanger that wasn't too bad of a cliffhanger, which I think is a pretty tricky uh, line to toe. It was a natural cliffhanger. It didn't feel forced. It felt like, you know, we're on the verge of something big here. So I'd give it 12 out of 13 dragons. The season overall, I do think the last three episodes really saved it, and I think that it turned it from a below-average first season to a slightly above-average first season, so I would give it 9 of 13 dragons. All right. Well, I, I, I think that's all we need to cover for House of the Dragon, so that means should we meet back here in about two years? That's the plan. All right, I'll talk to you then. Yep. See you then. And thank you, listeners, as always, for tuning into the big stream. For those, I'm sure there are dozens of you who have been with us throughout the first season of House of the Dragon. We thank you for tuning in. And don't worry, there'll be lots of big stream content coming, even if it's not Game of Thrones related. Be sure to check out the big lead for all your latest sporting news and media information. I am Lee McEwen. This was Stephen Douglas. Goodbye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.